0: Welcome to the Brian Pia Podcast, the podcast community for living your best life and creating a more beautiful world. Each episode, we inquire into the frontiers of inner peace, love, freedom, creativity and empowerment with authors, artists, musicians, healers, spiritual teachers yogis, activists, revolutionaries, entrepreneurs, comedians, scientists, psychologists, poets, mystics, and you. These conversations are unedited and always 100% authentic to how they happen. I'm your host, personal coach and author Brian Piergrosi. I've worked for over 13 years with thousands of people around the world to break through unconscious limiting belief systems and bring healing, transformation, and inspired manifestation to those who are ready and interested. For online personal sessions with me or in-person sessions with me in the magic of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, contact me at TheBigGlow.com. The sponsor of this podcast is you. If you appreciate our community, become a patron supporter at Patreon.com/slash/TheBigGlow. Welcome to the Brian Piergrassey Podcast. I'm Brian Piergrocy, and I have with me Satyan Raja. Welcome, Satyan. Thanks so much, Brian, for having me. So good to be with you. Um, maybe we can start off by just sharing with people who you are. Who are not familiar with you, and how do how do you kind of introduce yourself? When people say, "What do you do?" <laughs>
1: uh, I'm a founder, and I lead a group of companies all underneath Warrior Sage banner called Warrior Sage Trainings, and our main focus is to really support leadership on this planet right now. There's so much influx on this planet on so many levels of being. And so, our aim and intention is we support business leaders, human potential leaders, guides, mentors, physicians, therapists you name it. People are on the cutting edge front, um, on the front lines of serving others and making a difference on the planet. What we do at Warrior Sage is we support them to be the most powerful, impactful, awakened. Uh, enlightened leader that they can be to do the good work they need to do so that's an overview of of uh,
0: yeah and i first became aware from you quite a few years ago i believe you were in los angeles and you were giving a speech to a to a group of folks and you're talking about masculinity and the power of conscious masculinity and that really struck me and i was really you know struck by your presence and what you were sharing and so that's kind of the main thing I wanted to, to dive into today, is, is conscious masculinity and what that is, and it feels like it's really needed right now. It's really, it's really, there's a call to, to step up. And I hear women asking for that to step up, I hear men asking for that to step up. So I'd love to dive into that with you. Um, and I'd love to, probably the best thing to start off with is just so we can clarify the terms. How do you define masculine and feminine for, the, for this conversation? How would you like those, t- those terms to be defined? It's, that's a very packed question because
1: masculine feminine, the terms themselves are very packed with all types of cultural imprints coming from all different eras, all different areas. So I'll give a simple definition, which is a little bit more spiritual or esoteric. For me, the masculine represents that which within us is conscious, consciousness itself. If you will, the divine perspective, the oneness state, the space of awareness of I am. So that center point in which we're experiencing all of reality, the stillness, if you will, that in meditation we're moving towards, aiming to find and cultivate and settle within, that to me I would define as the infinite emptiness, infinite alive dynamic emptiness of reality, or masculine, or as the yogis would call it, Shiva consciousness using the deity of Shiva is the representation in the yogic philosophy. Now, the feminine represents everything else. If one thing is still, what's its counterpart? Not its opposite, its counterpart. Opposite, but not oppositional, is the feminine. And the feminine represents, uh, esoterically, the goddess, the feminine, the life force of all existence, the force that we hear about in Star Wars, tastes, color textures, flavors, feelings, emotions, all the realm of things that are in constant change, the very existence of the universe, all the infinite universes, I would consider the feminine. Now, boiling it right down on a human level, we have more identification, some of us to more of the masculine spectrum. Some of us are more identified to the feminine spectrum. In fact, we have the whole spectrum within us It's just where we have a natural resting place, I believe, in that spectrum. And we also have years of cultural imprints which distort, obscure our natural resting place of what the masculine feminine is. From ideas of what it should be to be a man, what it should be to be a woman, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the obscurations of imprints. But if we remove those, we get to the core of it. For me, the masculine represents divine freedom freedom from the constraints of reality. And for me, the feminine represents divine love, the flow of love between all of us.
0: And was David Data an inspiration for you uh, on your path? David Data has been a
1: mentor to myself and my wife for about 20 years. We're very blessed to have been uh, mentored by him. And we're also very fortunate to be able to co-train and do offerings uh, uh, together as well.
0: So, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And he and I I know he talks about these three stages that we I believe you touch on those two, these three stages. I think what's interesting for me is kind of particularly for men, this kind of stage two to stage three, right? Cause I think a lot of there's a lot of men that are on a, a spiritual path, and I can relate this in my own life. So they're on a spiritual path and sort of go into this feminine energy. Uh, receptive, flowy kind of energy. And there's a sort of this idea that masculine energy, and I think this is for kind of men and women in the second stage, is kind of masculine energy is sort of bad or it's sort of this oppressor or sort of this dominator energy and we gotta stay away from it. And it feels like the, the, the movement now is, no, this, they're both beautiful energies. They're both divine energies. We need to integrate both of these energies. Right, is that something that you re- you've, you've seen people kind of struggle with? Absolutely, so
1: you know, using this model of three stages as a very simple model, very overly simplified, but it's very good for usability. The first stage is when we're in a me-oriented or the old school idea of masculinity, which is what we have deemed toxic masculinity or unconscious masculinity. This is the power games, the control games, This is where you don't feel free within, so you try to subjugate others and enslave others through power, sex, money, manipulation, anger, might is right, war, all the manifestations of the unconscious, the less than fully awakened being. Why? Because that state of our growth, if you will, is based on me getting what I want, what I want, what I need, conquer, might is right, all of that energy. So yes, the masculine has been poo-pooed recently for good reason is because we're unfortunately that form of the masculine, that contracted masculine is responsible for so much of the devastation in society, the devastation on the planet, our voracious appetite to continue to consume, to dominate this earth, to consume and dominate people. Eventually it backfires. Eventually we harm ourselves in that, but that paradigm is still rampant on the planet and that's why a lot of men have said look we do not want to go deeper into that we don't want to just keep reliving that pattern of the old school man who's toxic who's less than emotional who's only out for freedom based on if he gets freedom not so much worried about other people the natural next evolution is the next phase And that's where we embrace more of our feminine energy as you shared about we become more whole We recognize we're not just masculine. The old masculine um, is negative, harmful, contracted, is some of the imprints we have. But we must not throw away the baby with the bathwater because that's what happens with the second stage. We go, okay, now I need to be feminine. And I believe that's a good phase to grow our feminine side, to get in touch with our emotions, to get in touch with the the life force of reality, to get in touch with the purity of love and the exchange of love and and coming into homeless balance. That's the hallmark of the second stage male, if you will, or masculine version. They're more balanced. It's much healthier than the first. The reciprocal energy is, you know, if we look at first stage feminine is also a weak form a marginalized form of the feminine. It's the counterpart to the first stage might is right. She's, hey, I'll do whatever you need to do. Please love me, please keep me safe and sheltered. It's a codependency type of energy. So when we go from this codependency of the first stage and we say we've had enough of that, we need to grow our boundaries, we need to grow ourselves. we need to become whole autonomous, sovereign beings, we need to find the masculine feminine fulfillment within ourselves rather than look for it neurotically outside of ourselves. This is a very valuable phase of life, very natural, very healthy. So we advocate that. But as you shared at the beginning, that's only one stage. Because if we stay around in the second stage too much and we balance our energies, so now we're more whole. But after that wholeness, now what? And I believe that some of us who are listening here today are ready for what's next. And that next is the third stage of masculine and feminine evolution. So we go from me to we, now we become more devoted to becoming a vessel for the whole. So in the third stage, masculine, is where we recapture our masculine energy, but we filter it, we connect it to our heart center, our love center, we connect it to purpose, not personal purpose alone, but purpose that serves the greater good, the greater whole. And ultimately, we learn to surrender our, if you will, small myopic vision of our own future, of our own goals, our own attainment. And we allow nature, we allow presence, we allow the divine, we allow mother nature to inform us, to guide us into what is the manifestation of my masculine, which makes me feel most alive, which makes me feel like if I, that I'm here to serve something far greater than just my own personal needs. So I believe that's where we're moving into, and it's a noble path, it's a valiant path, and it's one much needed right now.
0: Beautiful, it, it feels like the first stage, uh, tell me if this sounds right to you, the first stage is sort of just lost in the ego, lost in self-centered, you know, it's all about me, my little ego. And then as you move through the second stage into the third stage, you're reintegrating the masculine, but now it's from this place of service to the whole of recognizing you are one with all that is, this awakening of consciousness that you're one with all that is. And the masculine then is not a negative force, but it's a positive force that is offering its gifts in service and a benefit to all.
1: Absolutely, very beautifully said, brother.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So it feels like that that opening in the consciousness um, and that's an interesting thing too. So, so you had this opening in the consciousness to this sort of oneness, this, this recognition of um, the unity of all that is. And so how, let's bring in the, um, the, a phrase that, that I know you use a lot, warrior sage, right? So then how, how or where is this energy of the warrior? Where does that become valuable? What is that energy and what, how is it beneficial?
1: Well, the enlightened warrior, if you will, the transcendent warrior is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The old school warrior is warring for conquest, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Conquest or defense even in a way, which is mm-hmm. very valuable in certain times in our history. I'm talking about the transcendent warrior. And by that, I mean, rather than relegate our masculinity to a negative force alone, we get back in touch with it. This is where martial arts is very valuable as an example of how people can get back in touch with their masculine energy, but channel it in a way that's going to be of of, of fun, that's joyful, that's playful, that engages not combat to destroy, but combat for enjoyment. Because that energy is still there. So if we deny it, crush it, or make it bad, that energy is still there. But if we learn to absorb it, realize it, direct it to something that is good. So if we've got aggression, we've got anger, we work it out. We don't take it out on people. We work it out through exercise, discipline, meditation, martial arts practice, being in nature, taking on a project, volunteering, finding a way to ask ourselves, what must I do today to live, to love, to die complete without regret? That one question is a very powerful question to evoke that spiritual warrior within us. What must I do today to live, love, and die complete without regret? And when we ask that with with truth, with integrity, with realness, when we ask it of ourselves with the willingness to act upon it, that action, that direct action of whatever arises from that question in life, that awakens our spiritual warrior. And that I believe is so valuable for this day and age. Now, we also need temperance with that warrior, and that's the sage. The sage, to me, is the part that's not looking for anything. It's the connection to the eternal wisdom that's already living all existence. I believe that each one of us have a great storehouse of wisdom. Each one of us. Some of us are younger. We might have a little less wisdom. Some of us are old souls. We have great wisdom but when we combine wisdom, which means living rightfully with the earth, living, living rightfully with all those around us, finding ways of inclusion, not exclusion, finding ways to stay centered and in equilibrium in the midst of all the craziness that's happening personally and societally. The sage element within us, awaken with the warrior, is a very powerful uh, combination uh, team Knockout team within our <laughs> building,
0: right? And it feels like a big part of this journey is facing fear. A big part of this warrior sage journey is is facing fear, um, and a lot of it to me, especially in the age we're in now, is internal fears, right? Kind of you know being in the comfort zone and kind of you know kind of afraid of stepping out. What if I what if I say this? What if you know people don't like what I what I say or what I do? Or so. Do you find that that's a big part of this development of of the warrior sage is being able to acknowledge fear and face it and how do we do that? That's really
1: well put. This is an eternal practice that has been given to Yoda, to uh, uh, Luke Skywalker is immortalized in the Star Wars movies. But that relationship of warrior and sage is so essential, is so essential especially nowadays where it's like we look at fear. We have our own personal fears, health, money, relationships, whatever fears we have. Society is going through intense realms of fear with with disease, with cultural issues, social issues. Unbelievable, right? Now, the warrior philosophy is feel the fear fully. Do not over-bravado it. Don't set it aside and pretend it's not there. Don't try to act macho as if you have conquered fear. It's quite the opposite. Mm. The spiritual warrior's attitude is to dive deep into the fear, to feel it at its bones. Instead of separate from it or deny it, or somehow suppress it, or more often, um, distract ourselves from the discomfort of fear through sex, food, TV, drugs, whatever the heck it is, right? Those are distractions sometimes from feeling the hollowness of our fear, the intensity of our fear. Sometimes it's the fear of I don't even know who I am. Sometimes it's a fear of I don't know where my place is in the world. It's beyond words, but it's a guttural, bodily feeling. The Warrior Sage path is to feel it fully, go deep into it. What's the images in that fear? What are the thoughts you're having when you feel that fear as you dive into it with courage? What are the emotions one is feeling when you dive into it? What are the body sensations we're feeling when we go deep into the heart of fear? Now, what's something miraculous happens, when we take the path of feeling the fear rather than diverting our attention from it or escaping it, and what happens is the fear unravels. And this is cliche, but it's so true from my experience, that as we feel the depths of our fear, breathe it, move it, but instead of collapse and close down and become contracted in the fear, we learn to open our body, our breath, our presence, our attunements. In that fear state, what happens is the fear starts to transform. And the very gift that we have to bring is usually behind the fear. That fear is usually an ally. It's not seen as an ally. But when you breathe it down to its core root, it starts to transform and dissolve. And behind it is an empowerment. You know, when you play video games, if you hit one of those things, you get an empowerment if you hit some ball or lightning. The same thing that happens is with fear. So a warrior's path is not to avoid those, but to look at those things popping up on your screen that are fear-based, feel them fully enter them, and absorb the power that they give to live your mission with even more calmness, clarity, and precision.
0: That feels like a really important point. It feels like it's really important in relationship too. relationship with men and women. I was just talking to a a client today. It was a woman and she's talking about how she, she feels a lot of emotion and she comes to her, her fiance and he kind of runs away or he, he doesn't want to deal with the emotion you know, so, which is a common thing, right? As men, we don't want to deal with, we don't want to deal with the woman and her emotion and just, you know, just, she, she says he actually, was interesting, she said that he, she ask him, she'll ask him to do something and he'll do it like, kind of like he's like an errand boy. He'll just do what she says to kind of get away from the, the emotion. Yeah, It was kind of like she wants him to actually be with, the, be with her emotion, right? And this is kind of a really common thing in, in relationship, right? in those moments what we're seeking is relief whereas what we could be looking
1: for is realization yeah so yeah. you pointed out a really direct you know uh exact experience you know i'm married now with my wife suzanne for 33 years we co-teach together and every day i even have a, you know my daughter 23 very vivacious very intense there's times i don't want to be with them there's times where their energy their emotions and i'm like the masculine loves stillness within yes. us the masculine within us loves everything being just okay no fluctuation don't anything. like
0: chaos don't
1: like chaos the, the more calm the more collected the more structured and
0: ordered the yeah. better right
1: <laughs> but if you think about it it's an insane expectation of our ladies in the world to be that and even our own feminine so what's the practice? The practice I've learned to deal with it. That at first, it seemed like to deal with it, right? For a relief. But we must first shift and go, am I seeking relief or is there realization to be had here? That's the first one. If we take the path of seeking relief from the noise, we'll get some distraction with food or drugs or whatever the heck it is, right? Or just getting away. TV. Now, if we can be present. So my practice is with my wife is when she's in some type of emotional intensity, something coming up, the part of me wants to back off. I learn to open that part that backs off. It's usually the front surface of the body that contracts first in mammalian protective response of her face, of her jaws tend to jut out under pressure and tension and anger or frustration, or I've had enough of this. So if we can just pull our chin back, Soften our jaw, soften the whole front surface of the body, and then listen to our beloveds, our wives, our daughters, our mothers, our sisters, our colleagues, our friends, with the heart of openness to, I I really want to understand you. And a great thing to do is focus less on the words that they're saying in those moments, because The words might sound, I didn't do that, that's not true. Because the words can seem logically not appropriate or distorted, but that's not what they're getting across. We must learn to listen to their body transmission, the emotions that are coming off their body and receive those emotions into our body without our mental thoughts kicking in solutions or trying to figure out what does this mean and how can I bring it to an end quickly? It's the opposite. If we can absorb, just like a pool absorbs water, no matter what I throw in, uh, uh, You know, I've got a pool in the backyard. If I throw in this bottle of water, it'll absorb it. If I throw this in, it'll absorb it. If I throw this in, it'll absorb it. It won't reject it. It won't keep it out. It's not gonna see, should I let it in or down? In the same way, we can be like a pool which absorbs the intensity, miles of our lover's emotions, be fully present and make the, if you will, the the masculine translation, which is whatever she's saying, what she's really saying is, this is love. As my friend Fantuzzi is an amazing musician. He has a song. It's either love or calling for love. So when my wife is in those moods, to me, it's a calling for love. If I abandon it and try to fix her, I'm not responding to her heart's calling for love. So what can I do in those moments? Get closer, breathe her, listen to her, remain unguarded, remain soft and pliable and receptive. Present like a rock present like a mountain so you're not wavering around and making excuses and like oh now here she goes again no like let her storm blow by and still be the mountain and then something magical will happen is what I've experienced
0: and it feels like that's that's the that's courage right that's the courage of like and I think it ties in to me to integrity as well so I'll be in situations where be with my partner or it could be with somebody else but there's a question and it's like okay well if i say the true answer it could create some emotional disturbance that i don't really want to deal with the ego doesn't want to deal with it or i could lie and say something different and just get out of it you know but the path of integrity is is to say i'm going to answer truthfully and I'm going to have the courage to, to be with whatever emotion arises. And this feels like actually a really big part of maintaining intimacy and in relationship and trust in relationship.
1: You nailed it on the head, brother. You know, integrity, first of all, is being truthful. There's a lot of people that is claiming truth, proclaiming, this is the truth. And I go, well, I don't really feel we can proclaim what truth is but I feel we can definitely be more truthful. So rather than relegate truth to a philosophical discourse or, or but being truthful, there's nothing philosophical about it. <laughs> it's just, am I truthful or am I not? No white lies, no black lies, no gray lies, is to continuously remove that from our system. When we feel we need to lie, many times, sometimes we lie or we distort things to get a need met to get a what met or to avoid scrutiny, to avoid being pointed at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we move around it. But yet when we can be with that and make a courageous decision, no, from now on, I'm no longer going to succumb to pulling away. I'm gonna pull, I'm not gonna to succumb to distorting truth or lying straight out. I'm gonna be really honest and truthful. And I'm and I'm willing to receive full honesty, even if it hurts me. Even if, if even if that they point shit out to me, it might be their stuff, but I'm willing to receive it. So this type of degree of willingness to be truthful and stand in the fire of truth, the feminine loves it. <laughs> the feminine loves, hey, you know, love, I love you. I fucked up there, I'm sorry. And I love you and I'm gonna make it right. Rather than avoid it, play games, act like bullshit, make excuses. Hey, I screwed up over there. I want you to know I got it. And I want you to know I feel that it's affecting you. And you just remain quiet. There's a saying that um, the wise man said nothing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the wisest thing we can do is to say nothing but to feel everything
0: yeah, yeah what you bring up for me there too is which feels like another really important component of this component of this third stage of masculinity or this more mature law masculinity is accountability right being able to be accountable for your actions, be responsible for your actions that feels like a, a important component of, of this as well for the warrior stage path
1: your word is law. It sounds so simple. Making my word law. Now think about the ramifications of that. Think about how many times during a day, hey, hon, can you get uh, that? Can you shovel the snow? Or hey, hun, can you just get that for me? Yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. But you forget. You don't do it. It's not out of malice. It's not out of trying to lie. It's just a little you slip by you and all that. But you did say yes at some time when we can start to not just catch those big ones, overt distortions, but the little points where we're not making our word law, and we shore them up, okay, I'm loose over here, I'm loose with my finances, I'm loose with my timing agreements with my business partners or teammates, I come uh, laxadaisically to my meetings, maybe five, 10 minutes late, whatever it is, right? Whatever where we have some fuzziness in our word being law, that's the first place to shore up, I feel, because without truth, we're nothing. And without our word being law, we can't be trusted. And a man who can't be trusted is worthless. A man who can be trusted is worth everything. It's less about your looks, how big your physique is, how handsome you are, how much money you have, all, all these exteriorizations. In the third stage, Especially in this day and age now, the deepest value and power we have is being men of truth. That means the hard stuff, the ugly stuff, the good stuff, the ecstatic stuff. Truthful in everything. But it starts with shoring up the bullshit. And I'm constantly doing that. There's no freaking arrival. That's the other thing. There's no arrival to being a man of truth. It's a lifetime practice and cultivate. It's a way of life. Every week I go, oh, I was distorted there. I didn't say it directly. I was trying to hide how I was really feeling and I was getting it across too nice. Or an opposite. I was trying to hide how angry I am and I came or, or this and the, or it could be through even praise. You know what? I actually, had so much more praise and acknowledgement for that person. But I was scared to give it because I didn't want to sound too gushy or too overwhelming. All these things are fine tunements. Your soul, our soul already knows what truth is. And when we're in it, there's a resonance. Ah, oh. And when we're not, we know. So it's bringing our know- knowingness into that. And paradoxically, we become the most sexiest when we live the path of truth. We get the biggest business deals, because people trust us when we walk the path of truth.
0: Um, a couple things struck out what you said. So one thing that's interesting is this idea of being nice, and the idea, and to me, being there's being nice, which like, to me that's like a you kind of as you move on this path, there's something that's more important than being nice. I think you're kind of you're kind of pointing at it, right? So I find like the highest form of loving actually isn't always being what could be considered nice, right? So I saw you not in your head there. So it sounds like you, you resonate with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Brian, being nice and friendly and cordial is a good cultivation to have to develop our gentlemanly nature. I believe that if we can just bring back a little bit more Camelot, a little bit more of these Arthurian or old legends from whatever cultures and societies where there was a, a natural reverence and nobility uh, that the masculine hold you know, we're all altruistic versions, not in the distorted versions. So for me, more important than being nice is being noble. And nobleness is a timeless quality of being courteous, seeing you, my brother, as a king, as a sovereign, as a leader, as a man living his own life. And when I see and I feel, and I appreciate you there that way, verbally or non-verbally, even in our first greeting. Hello, brother. Hey, good to see you. In our first interactions and our last interactions, when we say goodbye to each other now, when we can add a little flavor of nobility, our own artful way of bringing our eyes to see the noble in each other and the expression of our nobility coming forth, whether that's through humor, zaniness, fun, strength, we all have our own feeling around that. Nice is good, nobility is warriorship.
0: And I feel like there's this energy of sort of like the mother, energy of the father, which is both really important. And to me, the energy of the mother is this kind of nurturing, unconditional love. You know, regardless of what you do, the mother, you know, hugs you and embraces you and she's, she loves you, you know. And that, that feels like that's almost like, to me, almost the fundamental uh, energy of the mother. Then there's this other energy that's also really important. And if it's not there, that feels like something's lacking. And it's this energy of the father, which is sort of, you know, it's like, I love you and you could do better. You know, yeah. you just step your game up, you know? Yeah. And I think as men with each other, you know, we have that, we appreciate that in each other. And, yes. and it feels like, and with women as well. So it feels like that's a, that's an important component to me that I think is important to acknowledge this kind of energy of the, the masculine is a different way of loving than the feminine and the mother but is also important absolutely
1: the feminine within us grows through praise acknowledgement identification connection it grows whether we're men or women or any of any sexual identification the masculine within us grows through loving challenge not just challenge there's harsh challenge that can that can crush us, but loving challenge where I'm in you, I'm beside you, brother, my son, my my, my fellow teammate. Come, let's rise up together. Come on, I, I know you're better than that. I've seen you hit a little. Or hey, we hit that mark. Let's see, can you kick a little higher today? Can, let's train. Let's train another ten minutes in that jujitsu round as an example. Let's go a little longer. So loving challenge is so healthy in these. Uh, for us to be able to cultivate that dynamic within ourselves, within each other. Not just harsh challenge, not beating ourselves up, but loving challenge. Loving praise is also very important. That's the mother side. That's the sister. That's the feminine. It's it's the embrace, the the fold, bring one into that. And the loving challenge is, come on, there's more on this planet. There's more to do, more to achieve. More more goals to realize, deeper freedom to attain. And you're inviting, evoking, and challenging it out. And I believe wisdom is the artistry to be able to flow between all of that. So, as an example, down to earth, my daughter is more feminine identified. So I'm giving more praise and acknowledgement to her. Before I didn't, before I would be just as challenging, and I realized I was hurting her, you know, I was crushing her tender heart now i add so much more praise and love i start off with that with her as i'm talking my son is is more masculine identified and so with him i um i give him more loving challenge it's not that i don't give him loving praise i just give more of that come on son, let's do this let's let's let let, let let's train a little harder today so i believe that we can nurture each other and nurture ourselves with loving praise and
0: acknowledgement, as well as loving challenge and raising the bar. Mm. And that feels like really important too, is kind of feeling into where someone is, right? Are they have a masculine essence or a feminine essence? And it's almost like there's a, there's a different language. If someone's in a feminine essence or a masculine essence, that way you can communicate and we can connect. And then I think another important point is that people can be in a different uh, essence at different times right so someone could be primarily a masculine essence but they may be in a moment where they're in a feminine energy or they, or they or they need a feminine energy or vice versa right so kind of like feeling into that and yeah, my I have a son um, and uh, he's 19 now and um, he is a masculine essence so I can feel that you know he he appreciates when it's like, hey, you, you could do better here, you could, you could step it up here, you know, challenge you a little bit, push you, and he, he, he thrives off that. You know? But if I was just doing that without any kind of appreciation or any kind of motherly energy, then yeah, it would feel, it would feel crushing. So it's like there's a, there's a balance and kind of just being present and feeling where people are at and what's, what's being called forth, and that's relationship, right? Exactly.
1: There's no formula to this. There's only palettes that we've been describing. There's no right or wrong or anything fits one person. It's really sensitivity to the moment and to who you're with. You know, in the leadership work I do, you know, training leaders to lead their companies and organizations, we're taught this, but we have to recognize that everyone has the full spectrum of masculine and feminine within them. And the artistry of leadership, whether we're parenting, whether we're husbanding, whatever leadership role we're in, whether we're working in an organization, leading a company, we have to be the one that can appreciate the whole spectrum and feed those who we love, our teams, the full spectrum.
0: Really valuable to do that. So something that I feel is really big right now, another thing that I feel is lacking is there's, there's sort of this these movements that, uh, I guess the way I would say it is, I feel like we're lacking a vision, right now, collectively, and I feel like that's that's a masculine uh, essence. So it, it feels like people are they're feeling something and they're they're against this or they're against that or we're against this thing and we don't want this thing, and that can be a good starting point. But then it's like it feels like what do we want to create? What 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 is the vision? And it feels like that's where a conscious masculine energy could really be called forth is to uh, bring a sense of vision. Does that feel like that's a masculine quality? Is that feel like it's something that's valuable to you to bring forward? Absolutely,
1: brother. You said it so well. The world is lost in vision. We don't have a unifying vision. We have visions and missions for some groups that are antagonistic and oppositional to others. We've got politics where one side, both sides are demonizing each other. It doesn't matter what country it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter which country, it doesn't matter who the players are. If you think about it, even in, in, in democratic systems, you know we've got the election here. if you're on one side, it, I'm not going to say left or right, I'm just going if you're on one side, you have to actually demonize, cut down, challenge, fight, show how stupid these people are to get at the top of your power scheme, and then all of a sudden when you're at the top, you have to make friends with everyone. Now we're on the same team, <laughs> after you've just ridiculed, demonized, and 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 showed your whole side how stupid they are, awful, and, and not suited for the job, now they're all suited for it. The same exact parallel is going on this side here, <laughs> where they're fighting and fighting this and this, who's this and this and this, then they'll bring their top leader, and then everyone else becomes friends now to unify. And now these two fight. Think about the, forget the faces, the names, the era, what year we're in. This has been going on a long time. Can we come up with a unified vision that's greater than this structure that continues to foster this form of antagonism? Yes. Where I feel we are in history right now, energetically, Is that we cannot create that vision alone from the old resources or paradigms we must come from more of an omni consideration of the whole and right now there's the vision we want to create but even deeper there's a vision that wants to be birthed from the feminine there's a deep arising emergence that many of us feel but we can't put our name on it or finger We can't give it actual words yet because it's still in a very powerful phase of emergence. But what we can do is surrender, come out in nature more, quiet the mind more, get off social media more, get off all the irritations more, and start to merge and feel and become with and become resonant with and, and love the emergent feminine wisdom that's sharing and that will inform our collective masculine vision of what is the world we wish to have. Mm. So this new vision is a combination, I feel, of the emergence of the feminine life force, nourishing our masculine capacity to envision the highest
0: for all. Yeah, and I love what you, to me it's like you're talking about integration as well so it's like we're talking about integrating there's the masculine the feminine and can we can we appreciate the divinity of both of these polarities right and then you can see the same thing all these you know left and right and liberal conservative and all these things and this side's good this side's evil and it's like is there something is there something in there where if even if you think you're on the whatever the other side is is there something on this other side that you can find value in that is there something that, nice. that resonates you know can you find because, you know, I think when we start having real human to human conversations with people, we find that these are just human beings. You know, most of these people are just, you know, they may have a different way of looking at things or a different idea. And I know you, I've seen that you're into Daniel Schmachtenberger's work and I've also been inspired by uh, some of Ken Wilber's old stuff, the integral stuff. And it's like, there's these ways of just integrating these things that seem different and how do we bring them together? I feel, it's the same thing I feel like, yin and the yang, right? That they're, you know, they're, it's in the harmony of the two that the real power is. You know, not everyone. There are some people are
1: dastardly. Yes, agreed. People, agreed. There are there are most people I've met have a positive intent. Yeah. Even if our theologies, or our philosophies, political philosophy everything might be different. So let me use a left-right example. What's the essence of a right philosophy? Well, one should be autonomous. One should be um Uh, have good values one should have love of family one should um uh, uh, self-resourcefulness not being reliant on other people and finding this is such a very powerful philosophy and i'm all for that at its altruistic level that's the positive intent what's the positive intent of the other reciprocal or if you will energy well left let's say would be Yes, not only shall we take care of ourselves, I can't, let's not all only be happy with our own success. How about let's be happy when our whole society is lifted up together? You know, let's let's embrace our whole society. Let's share. Let let, 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 let let's let's bring about a sense of that we're all for one, one for all. Now, to think these are that's the positive intent as an example. To think that they're opposites is quite. It's actually not the case. We go the together. Case, in my experience, is we need that of both. Yeah. We need to have self reliance, autonomy, being strong in our own right, having uh, um, good values and virtues that are timeless and eternal. And it's wonderful to help my brother, my sister, to see, and to have a care that society lifts up together. Wisdom, that's the sage, the sage within us looks for the positive intent through the um, minefield of externalized viewpoints or the minefield of reactivity or finger pointing or, or bullshit projections being thrown on each other. The sage goes, hmm, what's their positive intent? Beyond this facade or external shit that they're expressing, What's their positive intent? This is the courage of our day. This is the humility and the power of the warrior sage of this day is to pierce through the illusion of separation and become in union with their positive intent. When we meet them in the positive, they can feel it. Everyone starts to relax. Now we can start moving towards common ground. Now we can start moving towards that because we know that at your heart, you mean well. And at my heart, I mean, well, let's rest in the meaning well that we share with each other. And now let's work on the theological or philosophical differences and bring about a form that combines the best of our philosophies.
0: The phrase that comes through is true love takes courage. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? What are you up to? Any last words you'd like to share with Everybody listening?
1: Thanks, Brad. Well, you're all welcome to come and visit our Warrior Sage page, warriorsage.com. We also have our Facebook page, Warrior Sage Community. You can invite yourself onto there. But if you go to warriorsage.com, we've actually created three powerful trainings I invite everyone to download for free. One is called an Abundance Activation to help you go from egoic ideas of abundance into awakened ideas and practices and cultivations. There's one for relationships called Relationship Activation, which I highly recommend, which goes deep into what we just talked about today. And then the, another one we have is called Power Activation, going from the power of the ego into enlightened power. So those are all available for free for yourself, for your family at warriorsage.com. All
0: right. Thank you so much, Satyan, for, for being with me today. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you all. Much love to you.
0: Thank you for being a part of this amazing community. The Brian Piorgrosi Podcast is produced by Brian Piorgrosi. Assistant producer, Giovanni Piorgrosi. Please subscribe and leave a review or comment on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. You can find me online, on Facebook, or Instagram. For personal sessions with me, contact me at That's thebigglow.com. That's T H E B I G G L O W.com.